What's up? It's your boy TPJ. I'm here with Real Talk with TPJ. I'm live at the protest in LA right now. We are live. We are here. We are supporting George Floyd and all of the other victims of police brutality with the rest of the world, with everybody out there. There's nothing but love and peace and happiness here. We are protesting peacefully, as you can see. It's beautiful to see. The charges were brought today, but that's not enough. We need more. We need convictions. We need change. We need reform. So it starts with everybody that's here right now. So I'm going to take you through a walk it's through this crowd. It doesn't stop with George Floyd. We have Trayvon Martin gone. We have Sandra Bland gone. We have so many black lives gone. We have women and children fighting for their lives. Trans people, this is all for them. Yes. Everyone has to come together so that justice can be served. And that way we don't have to fight for this no longer. Because this should have been from the day one. educate our family most and foremost we need to educate all of our family throughout all of this because some of them don't understand it yeah. the way that we do we are yeah. probably first generation here you know gotta keep going to the our you know and our traditional ways we're gonna break the cycle we're gonna have to break the cycle let, let our children know everybody know that you have to fight for your, your rights you have to fight for black rights and it starts with, with black people first That's right, folks. Enough is enough. Um, quite frankly, I am disgusted um, that the fact that we even have to be at this point. But um, obviously, some things are necessary evils, um, and it's unfortunate that you know George Floyd, um, you know, had to be the victim of such violence, um, such uh, you know callousness, such um, hatred, such. I don't know, lack of humanity, to be honest, uh, because even if you're any human being, you know, you never want to see any of your family members strangled alive for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And I was watching the news yesterday and actually they had, uh, you know, a full kind of um, moment of silence that they were recording. And during that moment of silence that they were recording, um, it lasted for the entire time that the officer's foot was on, um, I'm sorry, George Floyd's neck. Uh, you know, the officer, Derek Chauvin, um, who murdered George Floyd. Um, we were able to get some justice today, some form of justice, or at least the start. I will not say we are completely uh, satisfied. I know I am not completely satisfied. I am still looking for more reform and more change. In Los Angeles today, we saw the mayor actually um, adjust his budget after his budget was essentially almost about to be submitted, took away money from the police force and decided to allocate those funds in other areas. We saw the other officers that uh, participated in George Floyd's heinous murder be brought to justice. We saw people around the world continue to go out and to protest, whether you were in the United Kingdom or France or whether you were in Chicago, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, um, Houston, Denver, everywhere around the world, no matter who you were, everybody came together despite um, you know, the show of aggression that we saw from our president um, if that's, it wasn't very presidential, but we actually heard from my president, the black president, uh, the guy who I still look to be the leader of the people, even though he is no longer conducting policy in Barack Obama, because being a leader of the people and being a policymaker or a person in charge of policy to me are two completely different things. And Donald Trump has not exhibited that he has the capabilities to be a leader of the people, a, a leader which uh, unites people. I even saw earlier that there were people 
on the defense committee or or a person that was on the defense committee earlier. I read his letter as he resigned because of the fact, um, you know, of the defense chief's uh, lack of putting forth a foot to stop those protesters in front of the White House being tear gassed and moved out of the way in order for a photo opportunity, which we saw the president do. Um, today, I'm actually switching gears a little bit. I know usually you see me on here with my black brothers all the time. Um, hopefully, some of them will join me later. Uh, you know, but real talk with TPJ is not just about, um, you know, this particular incident. Obviously, I decided to do this because the show that we had before, I didn't think that the name was proper. Um, so I decided to switch the format of the show. We will still talk sports and trash talk and all of that stuff once the world is healed. But until the world is healed, um, we're going to continue to talk about the issues that are affecting the world. We will talk about the NBA a little bit later on. Um, but first of all, I'm going to bring in my first guest, and then I'm going to bring in my second guest, Cam, in about 30 seconds. But my first guest, I have close friend, Daniel. Uh, Daniel, welcome to Real Talk with TPJ. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, TPJ. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I also want to bring into here really quickly my uh, third guest, I'm sorry, my second guest, Cam, Cam Buford. Cam Buford, he's live from his car as he always is. Cam is always on the go. Hey, Cam, always on the go, man. I'm hey, doing Cam, good, man. You? Nice to see you guys. How are both of you guys doing? Hopefully, you're healthy, feeling good. Yep. Yep. Well, at least so, yeah, healthy. healthy. Hey, 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 hold on. Yeah, sorry. Excuse me, Daniel. Congratulations to Mr. TPJ Thank on you. fatherhood. Thank That's you. a scary thought, this guy being a father, but it's congratulations. Not a scary thought. Don't be a hater. It's not a scary thought. It's a great thought, actually. I'm going no, to congratulations, Chief. Congratulations, Chief. I appreciate Nobody's that. better appreciate equipped to handle it, I'll tell you what. I guess. Okay. I uh, guess. man, that's putting a lot on it, but uh, we, we're going to see I'm, how I'm saying, Thomas is one of the hardest workers I've ever met in my life, and if that kid thinks he's going to get a day off, he better have another That's true. Hey, that's a great point, Daniel. That's a great point. He got a, Now he has a studio hand to help him out. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, Start him off early. My girl, I'm going to have my baby sitting next to me while I'm working. Yeah. Best boy, best girl, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so... Welcome both of you all. I appreciate both of you all for tuning in for what, um, you know, you know, for also whoever's watching for watching. Um, I first off, thank both of you guys for number one, being courageous enough to come and allow your opinion to be heard. I know that that, you know, although it's, it might not be a lot of people watching this, you know, immediately live. There are still people that will watch this. This will still be broadcasted and heard in podcast form around the world by different people. So your opinion on this show is going to, uh, you know, matter. Um, so I appreciate you, number one, for having the courage to come and speak with me about, um, you know, these protests um, and everything that's going on in the world. So, Danny, because you were my first guest to join into the studio, um, I will go ahead and I will allow you the opportunity to just talk for about a minute, minute and a half, um, just kind of what you think about what's going on. Then I'll allow Cam to talk and then we can kind of open the floor for discussion. Um, that sounds good. Uh, you know, as far as what I think of the situation, uh, it, it would be, you know, pretty short of me to say it, it's it's extremely fucked up what's going on right now. But I think the the bigger thing that a lot of my peers are reckoning with is how long this has been going on and how little all of us have been willfully engaging with it. And I'll tell you, for me, I think the the biggest thing for me this week is is really, you know, taking an honest look in the mirror of myself and what I'm doing and um, I've got a really good friend who was, uh, is someone that I consider a valuable resource on all of this stuff. And 
I was talking to her and, you know, I was telling her how, how um, tough it was for me to. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, all good. I was the radio on accident. Go ahead. <laughs> all good. No, I was talking to her about, you know, how, how to feel better. And, you know, it, she, she snapped everything into place. She just said, do better. And it clicked for me that that's pretty much all it is. And, you know, I'm somebody who I think uh, has been wrestling a lot with the responsibility and role that I play in all of this mm-hmm. um, as a white man, as a, a friend to a lot of people of color and, and brown people. And, you know, I think for me, uh, uh, it was just kind of reckoning with, you know, worrying I was p- being part of slacktivism and part of some sort of performance versus, you know, doing this because I'm unsatisfied with the way things are versus, you know, being uh, uh, worried on behalf of other people. And so for me, that's really what the, the, the challenge has been. And I've been out, you know, a couple of days over the weekend and this week, um, you know, marching with my uh, Los Angelinos. And it's it's been really, really enlightening and eye-opening. And I, I'm, I'm eager to do more. So, Cam, I'm going to bring you in now um, to go ahead and voice your opinion about everything that's going on. Can you center your camera a little bit? Um, I, um, I just want to know from you, Cam, because obviously, you know, um, you're not as young as I am. Um, so you've <laughs> all right, all right. So you've lived through. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna age him, but he's not as young as I am. I mean, but so so you've seen a lot of things happen um, in America, and obviously, just kind of over the last you know few decades. What are your thoughts about what's going on? How do you feel about everything that's going on? Because I have not actually spoken to you about this, and you're one of the people that I actually look to a lot. You know, to you know, you know, for guidance and personal guidance in terms of just kind of. You know, hey, Cam, what do you think about this? And you've always given me great advice, which I've always appreciated. So what do you think about everything that's going on? Go ahead. You have the floor. Well, first of all, let me let's applaud Daniel for being willing to speak up. And as you mentioned earlier, share his opinion, share his thoughts, let us in on kind of what he's thinking. That's what I think is the best thing to come out of this is we actually have people like Daniel. We actually have people. I'm, I'm born and raised in Seattle, Washington. So I have a lot of uh, Caucasian friends, white friends, who are kind of having that same struggle, Daniel, so don't feel alone, who want to see better, but don't know how to do better. And what I've, my communication to them is you have to speak to your people. Um, we had, that's going to, that's going to enact change. Obviously, it's, uh, and I appreciate having the conversations that we have Thomas, just about various, about life and the the conversation we have and have had uh, just about life, because oftentimes people listen to people who look like them. And so, Daniel, by you talking to your people, to your friends, your family about trying to enact change, they're going to take that differently than they take it coming from me. Not that we can say the exact same thing, but they may take it differently coming from somebody they know. So that's fantastic that's the best thing i've seen out of this these riots obviously the the peaceful the peaceful protests that we've we've come to see the over the last couple days Mm -hmm. the riots let's let's excuse those um let's not talk about those because those are a a bunch of people kind of hijacking the situation trying to criminals actually trying to come out under the cloak of uh protest 
So let's focus on the peaceful protest that's been going on. And I applaud you, applaud you once again, Thomas, for getting out there. You had a very value, um, valuable post that I saw and that I liked. Rather than tweeting about it, I'm actually going to get out there and make a difference, which, again, speaks to your character, you. speaks to what you have going on. So kudos to you Thank for you. that. I appreciate um, it. No, I, I, I for my I, child I, to be honest, because every because because now you know, I mean, um, Danny's known me for almost what eight years at this point, seven yes, seven sir. plus years at this point, and we've been friends for about I say six of them, six of those seven years. I'd say seven, but yeah, good to know. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, no, I mean, no, 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 no. I don't mean the just truth like, comes out, Daniel. No, no, I don't mean just regular friend, as in like, oh, I know that guy, or I work with that guy. I mean like an actual friend. That like I consider you to be a, a friend for life, not just someone that I passively meet or might know. Like it's a lot of people I see at Staples Center, but I don't consider them to be my friend. I consider them to be people that I'm friendly with that I know, but I consider both of you all to be my friends, if that makes okay. sense. Um, okay. So I don't, you know, so I don't mean that disrespectfully. But I know I'm. I'm but um, you, I mean, you've seen me. You know, kind of know who I am, what I'm all about, and you know how hard I like to work and all that stuff. But I've had to you know, start to reevaluate and deconstruct a lot of who I am as a human being now that I know that I am going to be a future father because of the fact that it's a lot of behavior and patterns that I've built up that are, whether they be bad or whatever. Um, and obviously nobody's perfect, so I don't, I'm never going to not say that I don't have flaws, but I want to try to eliminate as many apparent flaws that once my child gets here, I don't have to lie to them and act as if I am a different person than the person that they see if that makes sense. So if I feel this way and this strongly about everything that's going on, I can't look at my child and tell my child to speak up for injustices or things that are going wrong or be the person to talk to their white friends or their Hispanic friends or their bigoted friends and just say, or, or, or acquaintances and just say, hey, yo, like that's not right. Because, you know, being a bigot, you can be a bigot in terms of being anybody. Um, you know, you know, prejudice is a thing that we've seen more times than not from a lot of people of the lighter skin complexion. Um, but in terms of being a bigot, anybody can really be a bigot. So I've always been the type of person that likes to talk to bigots, actually, because there are a lot of ways that I feel as though we can relate. But I feel as though, as Cam has said before, it's about the messenger. And we are not the messenger to be able to change white people's ideologies on how they communicate and how they think and how they feel about black people. It's up to the other white people. It's up to the other lighter tone people that have issues with darker tone people and darker skin people to fix those and not of, of black people. It's not black people's responsibility to eliminate racism. It's people's conscientious who are the racists and the bigots responsibility to grow and learn and realize why that is ignorance it is it is willful ignorance and so he's right in that perspective in that it is so even i had a buddy that you know you know is white he called me he's like i don't really know what to do i don't really know what to say i have white bosses that i have I, you know, i'm sorry i'm sorry all of my bosses at, at work are you know are pretty much black um, and I'm kind of one of the only white guys that works on this staff. You and I are really good friends. How can I, like, just do something to help? And I'm like, bro, stop fucking asking me. Stop asking black people how to help your, your friends not be racist. You mm -hmm. hear the shit they say. You mm -hmm. see the stuff they post. Mm -hmm. You hear the rhetoric. When you hear it and when you see it, it is your responsibility to shut it down and to at least, at the very least, make it clear that that is not okay. 
and that that way of thinking is ignorant and that that way of thinking is prejudice. Is that is that's exactly right. And that's what I've that's been my message. And I, well, I've tried to educate them on kind of why we feel and how we why we feel the way we do, how we feel the way we do, why we we taking the action that, you know, black people as a race have taken. But it's very they know right and wrong. They know good and bad. And they know they may not act upon it, but they know what's good and bad. And when they see that, call them out on call other people out on it. And if they truly don't know, which is far fetched, you have you, come on, you gotta be crazy. Not I, I I love when I didn't know this was happening. How do you not you, know? Well, I mean, so it, it, to that point, to that point, I'm just gonna ask this question, guys. I gotta run. Go ahead. But does Drew Brees does did Drew Brees not know how black people feel, or is he that aloof and not not recognizing the scenario to be able to speak about uh, speak upon that intelligently? You know what he said today was kind of shameful, as if he did not know. And then you know people now are correcting him. Now I wonder if he comes back, how he comes back. But no, that's to the point. But that that's kind of the point I was referencing. Do they truly not know or are they just that aloof and that far um, out of touch with reality? It, I, I don't know. You guys, either one of you guys can answer that. OK, um, so, Danny, I'm sure you might not know who Drew Brees is. And if you do, he's no, a no, no. Okay. I played fantasy like okay. nine okay. years ago. Okay. I drafted okay. the guy. Okay. He was, you, he okay, was all you right. Comments today. Yeah, I did. I mean, what do you guys? I mean, I'm not telling you what you don't know, but of course he knows um, what you said. I mean, you know, he. Okay. Go ahead, Danny. Talk. No, I mean, I, I don't know anything about where he's been with football lately, but I do know that he's from. I mean, he he represents New Orleans. I mean, is that right? Is he still? Yeah, yeah, he's still in New there? Orleans. Yeah, so he has a big following. A, yeah, he has a good big well, right. following. And he and he's he specifically a got American a big following. Kid. Yeah, yeah especially with minorities from yeah. Louisiana, right? I mean, so the guy, like, clearly has to have an understanding that what he's saying affects different people differently, right? He's got to know that he's he's making a calculated decision when he says something like that. Which, who's he going to, who's he going to annex? You know, who's he going to piss off? Is he going to piss off one contingency of fans that are like, you know, I bleed red, white, and blue? Oh, yeah. Or right. is he going to piss off the other boys. contingent? Yeah, who bleed red like all of us, you know? So the whole thing to me is, I feel like a really wasted opportunity. You've got people, you know, with his power and with his platform and who probably have private conversations of support with their their peers in, in, in professional sports. And then they say something like that because it's politically correct insofar as uh, the individuals he thinks he's going to be criticized by most. Now, it backfired in some way or another, clearly, um, but yeah, it just it, it, it boggles my mind when people with such a voice and hopefully have some sort of objective understanding of the world around them make decisions like that to, to really put themselves on one side of an issue. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, it's crazy. And in closing, guys, I got to go. But I just want to reiterate the best thing uh, out of this scenario. Obviously, nobody should lose a life. There should be no rioting, looting. All those are criminals um, acting and, and trying to criminals coming out in the cloak of a protest but again i want to give daniel kudos for coming out and be willing to speak on this on on this issue tbj for providing a platform for us to have this discussion and guys continue doing what you do thank you congratulations tbj congratulations daniel I'll, I'll, nice to meet you yeah i'll meet uh, i'll watch the video later tbj all right Hit thanks me up. i appreciate it 
All right. So, yeah. So, um, with that being said, my response to Drew Brees' comments are, I mean, look, he knows what he's saying. He knows very clearly what he's saying. The same way Aaron Rodgers very specifically posted that picture, not of them kneeling on the sideline, but of them all locking arms and then saying, see, we told you guys unity was great. This is amazing. Prior, like all of that crap. Hold on, let me let me I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna look at the caption. I'm actually but what's the subtext of that picture, right? The, it's, sub, it's, the it's, subtext it's, of that picture is all lives matter. That's the subject. I mean, that's the subtext of that picture. It's because at that point in time, everybody in the NFL was kneeling and they were asking him to kneel, and he said that he wasn't gonna kneel. So some of the white players decided with uh, some of the black players to all lock arms before the game so that way they can show unity for each other, even though Colin Kaepernick was still being colluded against. Aaron Rodgers posted today, a few years ago, we were criticized for locking arms in solidarity before the game. It has never been about an anthem or, or, or a flag. Not then, not now. Listen with an open heart. Let's educate ourselves, then, then turn a word and thought into action. Wake up, America. It's time for change. Love over fear. Solidarity. Liberty and justice for hashtag all. That's telling me all lives matter. That's not, that's not doing, that's your, your, the number one, number one, the, the I, uh, this is the thing. If he can change a couple racist white people's minds with this, with this uh, very uh, hands off post, with this very like, I feel obligated because I saw a man get lynched to post this and I play with black guys, so I got to do it so that way they can feel some solidarity with me and still want to not let me get my head taken off. That, to me, is what that read like. Because I would have much rather him just posted a black square and, no, and nothing else. Like, you post a yeah. black... I, I mean, literally, that, to me, is that... I mean, shit, that's more of a statement than this. This is literally... It's like, what? Like, I feel well, I you. Because, you at the point of it, because at the point of it, these white quarterbacks are still taking shots at Colin Kaepernick. And that is the thing that I do not like. Because in, in by taking shots about Colin Kaepernick, when we're talking about police, I'm sorry, police brutality and murder, which are the very two platforms in which his protest stood upon, you're honestly, to, in my eyes, denigrating the protest that he did when clearly it was never about the flag. And now that you've seen a person get murdered, now you want to talk about how you subverted his protests back then when the entity that you worked for was colluding against him. When you could have just honestly, I would have rather him not said anything if he was just gonna say this because that literally continues to subvert Colin Kaepernick's entire message, which is the entire reason why he was colluded against. And it doesn't make yeah. sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. You make gotta sense understand. To me. And you it gotta doesn't understand. make sense to me how all of these black guys and I understand that they all about their money. But trust me, if some racist shit is going on at the place that I'm working at, I'm not working there anymore. I'm not working there anymore. This is and what if I learned. My from direct this team leader is black. I mean, is a, is a white racist or a guy that I feel is not for my best interests, and is a person that feels like if a black man get murdered in the street, like I'm sorry, everybody get murdered in the street. That's not a good enough answer for me, bro. Because at the end of the day, when these guys are playing football, their lives are on the line. Players have been paralyzed. Players have been paralyzed from the neck down. This is a real life thing. And if I have to go out there, this is also the other thing. I was watching, uh, you know, you know, um, um, Dick Gregory. He was talking about why he hates football. He said, I hate football because they know that the owners hate them and that all of these white people that fill up these stadiums hate these players, but yet they run up and down the field so that way these guys can see them play all day long. I hate it. 
And then he talked about how Ole Miss rioted after Obama was elected a couple times, but it didn't really make the news. And then the blind side came out basically a couple years after uh, the riots because it was about an Ole Miss player and about some race relations. And I was like, damn, I didn't even know all that happened. I literally had to Google all of it. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. So they basically made a whole movie for a propaganda piece. It's like I mean, listen, when you I'm, think I'm in about a position, those things, I'm just like, yeah, Thomas, but go ahead. Thomas, so if you're Aaron Rodgers, right, and you see Colin Kaepernick kneeling, and you say, I, I believe in what you do, but this isn't how you do it. This is how you do it. I'm going to tell you how to, how to share with the world your feelings, right? It's just a mirror of what's going on right now where people need to shut People who look like me need to shut the fuck up and listen because it's not me saying, hey, yeah, what you want, what, what you want is, is right, but you're going about it the wrong way. You know, you need to do this. You need to do that. This is the way you get that. You need to say, yeah, I've got no idea what you're going through. I have no way to access that, but I trust you and I love you and I support you. And I'm going to do everything in my power to be a part of that. And when you decide, no, 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 kneeling's not how you do that. You lock arms, right? And then you come out three years later and say, see, like, we're all in this together. But no, I'm going to lock arms because that's still a show of symbolism toward this. It, it's, it's not. It's, it's like you said, it's a direct subversion of what the entire point is, which, which is you need to back up and see that there are people in pain in a pain that you can't understand, but is so much more real than, I mean, for me at least, anything that I can e even even imagine. And I know I don't know. And so I feel like it's, it's a really tough position to put yourself in when we begin to scrutinize a little bit more. Because, And I, I got to go in, in, in like five minutes or so too, but I do want to say one last thing, which is I come from family and this is something that i that i i wrote earlier this morning uh just to some people on instagram but I, i'm really proud i'm really proud to come from a non-racist home absolutely mm -hmm. i absolutely unequivocally did not come from an anti-racist home you know mm -hmm. so i was taught inequality bad mm -hmm. but i was not taught get out there and do something about it that's your responsibility because you benefit from that system mm -hmm. so I think that a lot of people my age, a lot of people in my generation are starting to wrestle with the fact that there is another distinction, you know, between being racist and not racist. There is an additional distinction where you can either be not racist or you can be anti-racist. And I'm starting to really understand that there really is no non-racist because mm -hmm. if you're not racist, you're a bystander. And if you're a bystander, you're complicit. If you're complicit, then you're racist. So, you know, it's becoming a really fine line for a lot of my peers and myself to really accept and understand that, you know, hey, um, you know, sure, I'm embarrassed, or guilty or shameful or whatever. But like, that's on my time. You know, that's for me to deal with in my own way and read for the rest of my life and listen for the rest of my life and figure that shit out. But, you know, I was really worried about using my voice because I don't really think I have that much of a platform. I'm not a public figure. You know, a couple people follow me, a couple people don't. But to Cam and your's point, you know, people you who voice. look like me listen, like listen to me. And so I, I got to look you. at this and say, well, I appreciate that. But what the, the, the last note I want to say is like, I was so worried about saying the wrong thing 
or feeling the wrong way publicly because what if I fumble? What if I fail? But I think that like the crucial thing for every person that's like struggling with that, like I am, is to realize that you spent every moment up until now and following now failing constantly, like just absolutely failing. There's no further lower down the bar you can go than tuning in now because we are like we are fucking late to the party, like very, very late. And it makes it so much easier for me to share how much further I have to go and what I'm working on, knowing, you know, fully realizing that it, it you know, I, I, I'm not woke, nobody's sleeping, but like, I hate, I hate to use that cliche, but like, we're fucking asleep, you know, like we're choosing willfully to disengage. And I think that there are people who like black people and there are people who care about black people. And that's a very different thing. You know, when you post yes. a picture of support saying, you know, shout out to the shout out to the person who raised me and you, you you post a picture of a black woman who isn't your mom, who is your caretaker, who raised you, who's probably not on Instagram and couldn't give a shit. Are you saying to all your white friends that, you know, a black person or are you saying you actually care about an entire group of people and the systemic issues that they're facing? Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is what a lot of people are wrestling with or don't know how to even wrestle with is performance because you could post a black square all day, but I love what you posted about, you know, the scene from get out, you know, I would have posted two black squares if I could have, yeah. like it wasn't about fucking being silent and, and posting a black square. It's about seeding your voice and the, the stream of whatever it is that you put out there and giving up an amplification to voices that typically go unheard. And it, it, it fucks me up how many people misconstrue that. And how many people are literally just putting shit out there to say, hey, me too. You know, don't forget about me. I get, I, I care too. Look, I put a black square up. I did it. Yeah. I'm part of it. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not upset about the, I'm not upset about people showing solidarity with the black square. Same. I think that the execution of the people that were trying to create that protest, the unfortunate part was that it, they planned it three weeks before it happened. And then obviously, People love hijacking hashtags, so uh, people hijacked basically that entire protest when it was supposed to be about the music industry. But it was also just a poorly timed thing. But also, it ties in with the music industry because none of the major—I'm sorry—none of the major music labels have given a dollar to any uh, 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 community charities at all during any of this. Or really, I, I really haven't even heard about any label doing anything charitable other than Rock Nation at all. Um, so. Looking at all of this stuff, I just want to say shout out to you, man. Um, um, really shout out to you. It's gonna be it's gonna be us, our generation, not our children's generation, that will change the minds of the people of tomorrow. And that is the thing that I think gets lost a lot in this messaging because everybody to to me is talking too much about what it, what will happen in the future as opposed to trying to make things better now. So if you are white and you listen to this and you want to support black people, don't look at this as being a future issue. Continue to look at this as being a now issue. If you can still get out there and continue to protest because you at home or you're working from home or you're being allowed to protest, continue to protest until your job literally says, yo, you got to get back to work. Because that is the things. Those are the things that will allow the actual change to happen. People are going to look at this indictment and think that this means that this is a conviction. 
and think that look at this indictment and think that it's fair. It's not fair because if he was an African-American man, an Hispanic man, he would be in jail right now and he would not be getting out under any under any circumstance. And I know a ton of Hispanic people and a ton of black people that then got arrested for doing something way pettier than what he did. And that got years and years and years and probation and their lives ruined for even just something as simple as a dime bag. So I'm not looking at this and saying, oh, this is over. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Because what a lot of people don't realize is that they rioted because of the actual uh, um, um, acquittal of the officers when Rodney King, like they didn't, they didn't go to jail behind that. They were acquitted. So once they were acquitted, that is when the original LA riot started. Yeah. This is not going to end. Well, the if, world, if, if there the is, yes, the world collectively started protesting, rioting and looting because of just the video without the indictment. So this is not the beginning at all. This is not even the end. This is like the this is the first week because even the you know, you know, the attorney general of Minnesota was saying, hey, these cases are very hard to get tried. And usually we don't win a lot of these cases. But I feel that we can be thorough enough to go ahead and win this case. So trust me, if they don't get charged and they walk scot free like a lot of these officers do, it will be even more bedlam than it was before, especially because I saw that the Wall Street Journal or the or it was either, I think it was the Wall Street Journal reported that one of their financial economists, uh, you know, was saying that it would take 10 years for the economy to get back to what it was pre-coronavirus. So therefore, social circumstances are not going to get better amongst people. Living conditions are only going to get worse. So if this is not better, they think it was civil unrest before. It's going to be even worse, especially as things continue to spiral downward. We don't have a cure and millions and millions and probably billions of people around the world at this point, um, depending on what country you in, have in some form or way protested and hundreds of millions have been in contact with each other after spending weeks inside away from each other. So this yeah. thing is going to get hopefully much, much better, but it has the opportunity to get worse. I'm going to hope for the best. Danny, thank you for joining me. Go ahead. Feel free to talk to the people. Let them know where they can find you at if you would like so. If not, um, you can have a final word. Sure. Um, if you care to uh, engage there, I am at the Blink Panther uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. And my last remark is I, I definitely have COVID. I mean, I was out Saturday, Sunday and yesterday with thousands of different strangers each day. And we all had masks on, sure, but we were right next to each other for hours and hours. And I got it for sure. Don't don't come see me for two weeks. That's I'm out of commission. That's unfortunate. But also, I think a lot But a lot of it, even if you might not have it, the other part of it is you also have to think about it. It's the first time it's gotten hot in L.A. And also, you, you were st probably standing outside yelling and screaming. So don't just immediately assume that you have COVID. You might just oh, have sure. – You might literally have just – Heat uh, stroke. <laughs> you might have heat stroke as well as you might have literally stressed your vocal cords to the point where no you question. to rest them. So a lot of people out there don't automatically assume you got COVID. That don't mean go around everybody. But it also means take care of your throat, get you some lozenges, get you some tea, sip on it. Because if you've been out screaming and protesting for hours and hours in the heat, trust me, it will take a, a toll on your body. But thank you, Danny. I appreciate you for joining. Thanks. All righty. So as we get ready to talk about the last topic, um, what I want to go ahead and somebody said, um, 
when the, the idiot you are is if you went out with hundreds of people, eh, whatever, whatever. I don't want to hear that. But, and I don't want to hear about the silent majority getting fed up and all that. And JR, the end is not near, man. Stop it. Relax. Stop being so cynical. What I do want to talk about is the NBA. The NBA is about to return. Um, what do you all think about the NBA's looming return? You can go ahead. You can comment that below. Um, I personally, I'm looking at the NBA, and I'm thinking I, I'm not a f huge fan of the new format because people and teams that aren't that great essentially get to make the playoff or, or some form of a playoff. But I am looking at the NBA. Hold on one second. And I'm looking at the NBA potentially returning in July. And I'm seeing some promise for some teams that are bad. I think that the fact that they're going to let every team play uh, eight games, I think is good for them. Um, I think it'll allow pretty much the Lakers to solidify where they stand, the Bucks to solidify where they stand. If you remember, Giannis was hurt, uh, and the Bucks lost a couple straight games after Giannis was hurt. Uh, and the Lakers actually lost the last game that they played, so they're still in the race and in the fight for the number one seed. So when looking at that, I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking it's going to be extremely, extremely interesting to see which teams actually do make it to the final round of 16. I think that when you look at the 22 teams and the six that are on the bubble, I think that the Pelicans have the perfect opportunity to sneak in to the playoffs. And Zion, the Lion, and Luca can go ahead, and I think that they can get it in and that they can do some pretty great things and amazing things in the playoffs. Um, I think that the biggest issue and the biggest question is going to be the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I think that when I'm looking at the Portland Trailblazers, Dame seemed as though he was very, 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 very ready to play. And he said that Zach Collins, as well as his other teammates, are currently ready to play and ready to go as well. So I'm looking at the Portland Trailblazers, and they're kind of scary. But they're scary because of the fact that they have health on their sides. Um, I'm looking at them. And I see that Yusef Nurkic obviously was out last year. I actually was watching um, Yusef Nurkic. I actually saw when he snapped his uh, leg. I was actually returning, returning from um, a vacation with my lady. And we watching it. And, and, like, that game was so gritty, so grimy. You know, they were out there fighting for rebounds. It, it had, like, went into, like, double overtime or whatever. And I'm like, man, this is going crazy. These guys are going nuts. And then, basically, snap. The man leg gets snapped, um, and then before you know it, Nurk is out, and he's a very, very valuable piece um, of that team. Zach Collins is also a guy. Power four. They need him. Basically, they're going to have what would have probably been two members of their starting lineup before the year began on the bench coming off the, of the bench when they get back. I don't think that they start Zach Collins over Melo. I think Melo is fine where he is. I think you leave Trevor Reza where he is. And I think that the Portland Trailblazers have a chance to mess around and make the AFC. And if the Portland Trailblazers make the AFC, they're going to beat the, um, the Lakers in six. Remember I said that. If the Portland Trailblazers make the AFC, they're going to beat the Lakers in six. If the Portland Trailblazers make the eighth seed, they are going to beat 
the Lakers in six. I think the reason why they're going to beat the Lakers in six is because I think what's going to happen is they're going to go ahead and then they're going to go to L.A. And they're going to creep, 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 creep on in to Staples. And game one, and game one, the Lakers are going to lay an egg. They're going to come out and they're going to blow the Blazers out by like 40 in like game two. And everybody going to be like, oh, it's over for Portland. Portland's dust. It's a wrap for them. It's going to be over. LeBron finna win another MVP. All this. Whoop, 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 whoop. And then the Blazers going to win two straight at home. The Lakers going to win one game um, um, in, in, uh, 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 in Los Angeles, game five. And then the Blazers are going to win game six on the road. And Dame Lillard is going to send LeBron James packing just like he sent Paul George and Russell Westbrook packing. I also think that Zion, the Lion, will make the playoffs um, because there's going to be more teams in the Western Conference. So I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know if – I don't know exactly how they're going to do it. I know that it's all going to be – it's still going to be a neutral site. Um, uh, 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 but still, but still, they still have home and away. It's still home and away um, in terms of the neutral site. Like, you still get to choose between, like, the game ball, the side of the court you want to start on. All of that stuff still makes a difference, regardless of whether they're going to be in Portland or, or in Orlando. You still – home court advantage still matters. You still – get to choose the game ball as well as you still get to choose which side of the uh, of the court you face first. Um, so these guys won't be in their arenas, which honestly I think is going to make it matter even more because of the fact that you get to choose what background you get to see. Um, so, um, you know, and I think for shooters that'll be big. So I think it'll be interesting. I think that what we will see is the Lakers lose in the first round to, to Portland. Um, I'm looking at the East. I think that the Bucks are going to come back with a vengeance. I think they were beating everybody's ass before. I think they're going to come back beating everybody's ass again. And I don't think that anything in regards to any of that is about to change. I think Giannis is going to come out and completely dominate and motivate. I think that the Bucks are probably going to sweep the, the first two rounds, win in the, in, the, in, the, in the conference finals in five. And then I think in the championship, they'll probably go six with the, you know, with the Clippers. And somebody said, ha, 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 the side you on, LeBron don't give a damn. I don't care about none of that. I don't care what you got to say. Somebody said LeBron wants to start uh, with five points for home court advantage. Get LeBron out of here. Why? What? What? Get out of here. You got to be lying to me. LeBron cannot tell me he want a five-point uh, 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 head start. Because if LeBron want a five-point head start, all y'all people out there that told me that if me and my homies play LeBron and them, all of y'all out there that told me that if me and my homies play LeBron and them, but we got spotted 50-some points, wouldn't win. Y'all tripping. Y'all tripping. But anyways, this has been Real Talk with TPJ. Um, I'm not going to continue to go on and talk about basketball and make a bunch of jokes. I wanted to continue to obviously hop on here, have a very serious conversation about everything that's been happening. Um, if you can, please tap in, stay informed. Look at exactly what is going on. If you are over the age of 18, register to vote, bro. Go online. Google the people that are up for election in your city. You might find out. Honestly, you might start reading news articles and be like, yo, this is crazy. I can't vote for this person. Oh, yo, this is crazy. I can't vote for that person. Oh, yo, this is crazy. They shouldn't even be on the ballot. And then that's how you become more informed. Um, obviously, my final you know, thoughts and reactions to the officers being charged. I'm glad that they were all being charged. I'm glad they're all being charged as accessories to murder. They all stood there. They took part in it. Uh, you know, willfully 
including the Asian officer, because he basically was looking like a guard. And when the people were trying to come up and stop the officer, he held, he held his arm out and stopped people from approaching and getting close. Um, so I think that, you know, this is just the beginning of the justice that is to be served. I think that if you are an NBA player, um, you know, you should be happy that the league is coming back. But I also think that you all should go out there and continue to protest and make sure that you're doing what you can to make sure that your voice is being heard. If you're an NFL player, honestly, you need to look at the very system at which you live and you thrive and you earn your paycheck off of. Because I think that what I am seeing from a lot of these NFL, especially these white NFL players, is that a lot of these guys ain't down. Some of them are down, but a lot of these guys ain't down. And I wouldn't go and I wouldn't play with Drew Brees, to be honest. I would, I would have asked to be traded. I don't want to play with him. And honestly, if I'm the NFL players and I'm every black player in the NFL, I'm honestly calling every player in the NFL and I'm saying, yo, how can we start our own league? Like, I, we know it might be tough, but you mean to tell me we can't find some, some other billionaires to be able to pull together, some other stadiums to be able to pull together for us to be able to rent those out and for us to start our own league? If you're a black NFL player, you should not have to be subjected to these owners and potentially racist thoughts from them or potentially racist thoughts from fellow players. We all know Riley Cooper called people the N-word with the hard ER and said he would fight all of the N's in there with the hard ER. And he was, he wasn't even really, he wasn't even, that was a slap on the hand. We cannot tolerate this anymore in sports. We cannot tolerate it anymore in our communities and we can't tolerate it anymore in our country. And what you also have to understand, if you're a black NFL player, what are you standing for, bro, if you're going to allow the rest of the people that participate in your sport to talk down upon your race and you sit there and you shake hands and hold hands and kumbaya with them? I don't understand that. I don't understand how you can see a lot of these racist owners and you know that they're racist and you can, be, and you can say after you retire, well, I knew that owner was racist. Well, if you knew he was racist, why would you play for his team? I think some people have to understand that, and black people as well, we have relied on other people to build our economy so much that we are scared to go out and take and create and make our own business and, and footholds within the marketplace. If you are an African-American person, you have the opportunity to be able to create your own businesses, your own entities within the marketplace. You have the opportunity to build Fortune 500 companies, to build Fortune 1000 companies. You have the opportunity to learn how to code. You have the opportunity to be able to create your own sports league if you want to. Build your own sports league. Organize your own sports leagues. We as black people have to stop looking at other entities that have been started by people that are not black and looking at them as the end all be alls. We have to start creating our own entities. And if the majority of the NFL players in the NFL are black and all them black players in the NFL threaten to leave the NFL and create their own league, you can't make me believe you wouldn't see the most goddamn sweeping change possible in the NFL and or and or and or non-racist white players leaving to go and join those players. And the difference between the NFL and the NBA is uh, the NBA has gotten it right time after time because their players don't wear helmets, so they don't have masks on all day long. Oscar Robertson was a civil rights activist for athletes and entertainers. He went out there, spoke in front of, I believe it was Congress or the Supreme Court, and went out there and fought for athletes' rights to be able to collectively bargain. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 
Bill Russell, civil rights pioneers, civil rights leaders. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is still alive today talking about civil rights reform. And people say, how come NBA players don't kneel during the national anthem? The NBA players don't kneel during the national anthem because that's not their protest. That's not their protest. I've seen NBA players numerous times protest racism and without kneeling. That's not their protest. That's Colin Kaepernick's idea of protest. They don't have to condemn him protesting. But they can also say, we choose to protest a different way. And this is how we do it. As in when Donald Sterling wore those racist, uh, um, I'm sorry, he made those racist comments after the league was getting ready to get rid of him. After those announcements were made, after those comments were made, those players were not going to play. And then when they decided to play, they turned their uniforms inside out so that way you could not see the logo of the team. And they all took their shirts off in the middle of the court, in the middle of the floor before the game and dropped them there and left them there. When Trayvon Martin was murdered, uh, they all protested and wore hoodies. When Eric Gardner was murdered by the police, they all wore I can't breathe shirts. So I don't want to hear about and don't conflate two protests. There are, the NBA players have made numerous protests publicly and the NBA as a whole and as an entity has not condemned those players. The NFL has openly condemned Colin Kaepernick. They have colluded against that man. So don't so don't conflate the two. Don't equate the two. They are not the same thing. That is a false equivalency, my friend. That's a false equivalency, and that is how the conversation gets muttered and the chatter gets muttered, and it gets from being about kneeling and the protest of kneeling and what he was protesting and kneeling for to getting to be talking about something completely different other than what the original protest was for. NBA players protest all the time. NBA players are, have been throughout the history of sports in America some of the foremost civil rights activists, so you can't say that. I'm sorry. It's egregious. And I won't allow it. So at the end of the day, in closing, if you are white, if you are black, if you are green, if you are brown, purple, pink, light tan, because I'm not actually not if you're white. I, I said this after I watched the Disney movie and I saw um, them do that special um, on, uh, on, you know, Disney's Adventure Time. I think that's the name of the movie. Uh, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a full thing about Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier. Now, if you want to see some real racism, go watch that Disney Adventure Time, Davy Crockett, King of the uh, Wild Frontier animation. The entire animation is about him murdering Native Americans. We have been ingraining racist and bigoted propaganda into our society. It is time for us to call it out and for it not to happen. I am providing a platform for others that seek change, for others that seek reform, for others that are black businessmen and black business people and other people that aren't black as well to have the opportunity and the platform. We have created this platform off of voicing our opinions. And that's what you have to continue to do. It's bigger than one person. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than Billy next door. It's about all of us. We all have to come collectively and stop all of this bigotry and this racism that is going on in America in regards to African Americans. Because as I've said a million times to a lot of my friends, if we are the main group in America that has been fighting for our civil liberties for over... 400 plus years and we have only gotten this far and we still just want to not get murdered by the police the people that are there to protect and serve us 
What do you think will happen if the system and the world and the United States continues to ignore the rights of African-Americans? They're going to continue to ignore the rights of everybody else because there ain't nobody else in America being that loud as we are about all these injustices. Everybody else is asking for peace and calm and, and for us to, you know, love them. We are asking for our civility and for our rights. We are demanding them. We are not going to take no for an answer. It is time for reform. So shout out to all of these different police counties around the world that are offering reform. But I don't just want to see you announce it. I don't just want to see it get introduced in front of Congress. I don't just want to see your bill get announced. I want to see it pass. I want to see the people pass it. Get involved. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to get more involved myself in terms of making sure that I can make the world a better place. Hoops and Brews, as an entity, we've decided, myself and Pavy, we talked about this last night. He's going to find a charity in Chicago, and we're going to begin to donate to Chicago. I mean, you know, to a Chicago charity. We are a small business that doesn't make a ton of money. We keep the lights on, but we feel as though it's up for us and our responsibility to be able to donate and try to continue to make change. I'm out there. I'm protesting. I'm putting my life and my body on the line, obviously, with everything that's going on. And because I love everybody and I love my people most of all. And I want my people to stop getting killed. And it's not about it's, it's, it's not about hating America. How can you say that we hate America when we asking for more civility in America? That don't make sense. Don't make sense. But anyways, this has been Real Talk with TPJ. Thank you to my guest, Cam uh, Buford, as well as uh, my other main guest, Daniel Breitberg. I appreciate his opinion, his insight. And as I said before, if you're black, go out there, continue to protest, make your voice be heard, stay strong. You don't need to loot. You don't need to do all of that unless it's something that you really need to do. And then that's your prerogative. And I'm not going to sit up here and call you a criminal because a lot of people are hurting right now. I've been one of those people hurting. I've been one of those people on welfare. I, I was on unemployment recently. So I understand it. But, but that doesn't mean that it's right. It's not right. Don't do it if you can. If you can keep prevent from doing it, don't do it. Don't use this opportunity to hijack my peaceful protest and me putting my body and my life on the line for your civility, for your rights, in order to jeopardize that and, and shine a bad light on it. Because all of us are hurting. I heard that the south side of Chicago looks like a torn war zone. And that's sad because I know that my mother as a school teacher loves the south side of Chicago. I know that everybody else that I know that loves Chicago loves Chicago. And it's unfortunate that the mayor decided to lock all of the looters and the rioters only on the south side of Chicago so they could destroy the south side of Chicago and the black people's neighborhoods who didn't have anything anyways. It's unfortunate. Because even when you look, and it's unfortunate that those black people in Chicago felt as though that they had to loot their own communities. Because I even heard the mayor say it, Gladys Malone has said it, and the police chief has said it. Nobody has been looting and rioting in, in Watts, in Compton, in South L.A., and South Central. All of those areas have been calm. It's been all of the other areas outside of their communities that have been affected. Finally, the people of L.A. have learned not to destroy their own stuff. The people, the black people in South L.A. learn not to destroy their own stuff. Chicago, we have to be better. We have to do better. Our children's futures depend on it. Your, your children's futures depend on it. Your life right now depend on it. My mother told me she had to get her medicine from by O'Hare. From by O'Hare. Because all of the CVSs and the Walgreens that were on the south side that she would usually go to were either too busy or they were looted. It's unfortunate. 
We have to do better. Pray for George Floyd's family. Pray for George Floyd. We need. We will continue to seek justice for George Floyd. I love all of you all, and I will leave you all with this video of what happened today at the peaceful protest of George Floyd. I'm sorry, of excuse me, of George Floyd's murder. Um, I am happy that those murderers have been charged and indicted, but now we need convictions. We will not stop until we get justice and peace for black people. Black lives do matter, and if you're saying all lives matter, you can cut this off, unsubscribe. I never want to hear from you again, period. Point blank in the story. Love you all. Keep fighting a good fight. Keep protesting. Keep doing it because it's not going to stop. We can't stop now. If we stop now and it's literally six months left until the election, we're stupid. Actually, it's five months left to election. So Diddy had his vote campaign. I'm on a campaign. Vote, 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 vote. And when you can't vote no more, keep voting. And when you can't look up your, your, you know, your favorite politician's information, figure it out. Google them because I'm sure they Google them. I love you all. Peace out. What's up? It's your boy TPJ. I'm here with Real Talk with TPJ. I'm live at the protest in LA right now. We are live. We are here. We are supporting George Floyd and all of the other victims of police brutality with the rest of the world, with everybody out there. There's nothing but love and peace and happiness here. We are protesting peacefully, as you can see. It's beautiful to see. The charges were brought today, but that's not enough. We need more. We need convictions. We need change. We need reform. So it starts with everybody that's here right now. So I'm going to take you through a walk through this crowd. It doesn't stop with George Floyd. We have Trayvon Martin gone. We have Sandra Bland gone. We have so many black lives gone. We have women and children fighting for their lives. Trans people, this is all for them. Yes. Everyone has to come together so that justice can be served. And that way we don't have to fight for this no longer. Because this should have been from the day one. Educate our family, most and foremost. We need to educate all of our family throughout all of this because some of them don't understand it yeah. the way that we do. We are yeah. probably first generation here, you know. Gotta keep going to the, our, you know, and our traditional ways. We're gonna break the cycle. We're gonna have to break the cycle. Let let our children know, everybody know that you have to fight for your your rights. You have to fight for black rights, and it starts with, with black people first. 